with the Champions League final coming up this Saturday between Manchester City and Chelsea, it is yet another European final dominated by English teams. Do you think this is a sign of things to come and that Premier League clubs will dominate competitions like the Champions League for years to come? Uh, I don't see why not, in all honesty. I think you see how competitive our like, sort of top six, seven clubs are. Um, even with Arsenal outside that top seven as well, um, with the money they've got, there's no reason why English clubs can't fund and put together runs that means that there's two two English clubs in final every year. I mean, you've got the strength of the English clubs and the weakness of everyone else this season. I mean, PSG looked like they might finally get to a final, but Man City got in their way. Bayern didn't look the same being beaten by PSG and the Spanish clubs aren't looking the same as they once were. Yeah, because if we obviously look at the Champions League final, it's all English. Man United are in the Europa League final. Um, Arsenal, if we're honest, should have been in the Europa League final. They played, um, I wouldn't say they're completely average, but Villarreal aren't brilliant, are they? Um, And all they had to do in the second leg was score one goal and they would have been in the final to play Man United which would have been an all-English finals across both competitions as it was in 2019 with Liverpool and Tottenham in the Champions League and then Chelsea and Arsenal in the Europa League. So if we look back, it definitely is something that is starting to happen a lot more frequently. Yeah, as you said a minute ago, I don't think it's, it's there to change either. I think it needs some massive changes at clubs in other countries and um, something to go badly wrong with clubs in this country for it to, or some bad draws here and there for it to go wrong, really. Do you think it's like primarily a financial thing, like a sign of, a sign of how much like television money and sponsorship money is uh, impacting football? Because in terms of broadcasting rights, uh, the Premier League is definitely the richest football league and I think it's just behind the NFL and the major league of baseball and maybe the NFL in terms of uh, television money. Yeah I think finance is a big thing to um, big sort of way to look at it because although PSG probably one of the richest clubs in the world if not the richest club in the world um, along up with Man City they semi-final ran into Man City, unfortunately, this season. But um, if you look at, as I said about Arsenal already, in eighth place, their finances are massive. Look at Spurs, obviously a lot of a lot of debt to right off the staging, but one of the most profitable revenue-generating clubs pre-COVID in the Premier League. Um, I think sort of just the depth of finances in the Premier League, mainly to do TV money and sort of fan bases, is much better than anywhere else in the world, barring PSG. Um, so I think... I think it would take a freak run for someone that isn't Bayern or PSG to get to the final. Again, I can't see, I mean, Barcelona and Real Madrid are in some serious financial troubles unless they get some decent signings in, um, do a great bit of business. I can't see it, unfortunately. Do you think with the signings, like, uh, we just found out Aguero is going to Barcelona uh, in the summer, now, he's around 32, 33, but he's obviously did score a couple of goals at the weekend off the bench, but he is obviously past his prime, isn't he? 
Do you think we're starting to see now, instead of Premier League players going over to La Liga in their peak, instead what they're doing is they're going just after, while they're past their prime, or La Liga are going to have to sign players maybe who aren't top, top tier, like the likes of Kieran, Tri- uh, Kieran Trippier, for example. I think it just needs to be. I think it's just a change of approach, isn't it? Really, I think I don't think you're seeing the sort of best players go to teams like Real Madrid and Barca anymore. To, if I just try and wrap my brain quickly, I think the highest profile, like younger signings, those two clubs have made in the past few seasons is Vinicius Junior at Real Madrid and Frankie De Jong at Barcelona. But I think today, if I that I've seen on various sports things that. Barso made four, or just about to make four free signings, which was Aguero, Aguero, um, Eric Garcia, Gini Wijnaldum, and someone else. I'm forgetting, unfortunately. Um, so I think the approach is just try and be smarter with your scouting. I think we see um, there's a couple of smaller clubs like Athletic Bilbao uh, that have done great bits of business, like local young talents. And you've got Atletico, we've got Luis Suarez on a free from Barcelona and sort of won in the league so I think we're just seeing a change in mentality on how they do business. Yeah they are I think having to be a bit more reserved with the way they spend their money Um, probably partially down to Covid maybe not all down to Covid but I think the response uh, to the negativity about the Super League announcement is quite revealing obviously yeah English clubs, six of them signed up. Now that's probably through greed. Um, so I'm not going to put the greed aside of it. But when the fallout did happen, the English clubs immediately responded as a business would in terms of their PR uh, campaigns after that. Yeah. But the likes of Perez from Real Madrid and just the Spanish clubs mainly in general were a lot more like this needs to happen, which slightly reveals that they were a bit more desperate to secure that long-term uh, financial income. Yeah, it's just desperation. Um, it's pure and simple. It's desperation because I doubt the figures in, on hand, but you look at the sort of debt room during Barcelona racked up. It is ridiculous. Um, I don't know why the club's been run like that. I don't know whether it's just pure COVID that's like that, but surely before COVID's getting sort of mess early in. Um, yeah, I think, I think out of the top three teams where you associate with La Liga I think Athletic have done the best sort of containment business more best scouting so obviously they noticed that Kieran Trippier was quite good at defence well quite a good defensive right back who could do well from set pieces and cross in they thought Simeone like would like something like that the way he plays so just smarter just being a lot smarter and Barca and Real Madrid have gone about it the way they always do and got themselves in trouble so from an English fan's perspective with there being two English teams in the final again do you think from like pure entertainment value does it does it devalue like the competition for you a little bit I think we all just want to see the best of the best play really um I think if I think the Premier League is I don't think I think we said before the Premier League isn't to be put on a pedestal in terms of you can't go out elsewhere the Premier League isn't if you don't play in the Premier League, your career isn't defined by that. But in terms of money and the standard of every team in that league, it does sort of define the standard worldwide. Um, 
So I think I don't think there's an although people might say it's boring. I think if they're the best teams in Europe and they get some nice draws and they win all their games, I don't think like this weekend everyone will be watching Chelsea City because the biggest game against the two best teams in the European competition so far this season. I think it's it's fantastic. Yeah, to be fair, they are two of the richest clubs yeah. in European football and even two clubs that have probably been the most proactive in the last couple of years signing yeah. players. Obviously, Chelsea came off the transfer ban when they had Frank Lampard as manager, but then they really did shift uh, some cash and sign some players. So, to be honest, although it might not be an ideal, you might want you might want to see like a, a classic European final with like of Real Madrid in it. But at the end of the day, if two of the clubs sign the best players, or at least they invest well, they are generally going to make it to the final. Yeah, I think it's the way the world is. Well, it's not unfortunate because if you set yourself up well, then you're going to win stuff. If you look at City, they spent a lot of money, yes, but who's the player that everyone... If you pick two players that everyone talks about from like a creative sense of City, you've got De Bruyne and, and Phil Foden. Kevin De Bruyne wasn't overly expensive. He wasn't cheap, of course, but that was good scouting. They bought from Wolfsburg, of all places. If you look at Phil Foden, he's a city born and bred. So it just shows that even if you're spending loads of money, having a decent academy can go a long way. And decent scouting system can go a long way to try and find some bargains and players that will fit your mould better. So one thing with this final, um, domestically, we've already seen this a number of times this season. Um, even recently, when Thomas Tuchel has been in the league, we have seen the game twice. I can recall. Now, one of them was the league game. Yep. Man City. Uh, no, sorry. Chelsea won that 2-1. Yep. And then the more recent game was the FA Cup semi-final. Um, where Chelsea won that 1-0 yeah I think I think it'll be interesting but those were games where I think Chelsea I don't remember the league, league game a lot really but I remember the FA Cup semi-final and Chelsea did sort of it was a fairly even game that first half and City had chances City sort of played a way they'd never played before which was sit back and counter because they just let Chelsea have ball and that's what they do. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Pep Guardiola's learned from that and he just goes all out and just says, just attack them because Chelsea have looked weak defensively. I know recently that is, I know they don't concede a lot in the league, but if you look at the Aston Villa game, if you look at if you look at the FA Cup final, there's just something, although they've got, they have great stats, clean sheets, and don't concede a lot of goals. If you can get a goal in and they see, I don't see why, City can't get a couple of goals in. They don't have a lot up front. They have yeah, a lot if, of paper up front, but not a lot <laughs> stats-wise up front. Yeah, if we look at that um, FA Cup semi-final for a start, because that was almost, I think, a watered-down version of what we'll probably see in terms of the the way the two teams approach it. Um, an interesting thing from that from that game, I thought, was the selection. Now, I know Pep Guardiola is going to play his best team in the Champions League final. That, yeah. That's probably uh, pretty obvious. But in that semi-final, he was playing definitely a second string. But like players like Benjamin Mendy, 
Um, Raheem Sterling, who's definitely fallen out of favour. Yeah. So it's almost hard to go off that result. Yeah, we know too short, and it will give Chelsea confidence that they've got one over on them because they did beat them. But yeah. I think City's selection that day was pretty poor, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it just they were on. It was sort of at a time where the league was still in the. Although we knew City would win it, it was still there to be won. Um, I think if they'd taken their foot off that gas at that time, they would have maybe. I mean, United haven't finished that far behind them, um, and obviously they had Champions League games to worry about. Um, but yeah, the selection was well. He's been doing it all year, just in the league, I suppose, rotating. But you would have thought the FA Cup semi-final was a bigger game than a league game. Um, but I think they just got outplayed. I think too sure. I think seen a couple of times with Guardiola, like this F, uh, Champions League semi-final last year when they tried to play three at the back against Lyon um, or Marseille. I think Lyon um, when they never played three at the back before. I just went, yeah, why not? Um, to try and outsmart him. I think it's, yeah, I think that's what happened in that semi-final. I think they sort of let Chelsea have the ball and try to counter-attack, which they could do. They got players to do it, but it just didn't work out. I think Pep just play his normal way, and I think they should have Chelsea. Beaten. Yeah, I agree. If they literally stick to their guns, they'll probably beat any team in in Europe, as we've probably seen. But a similar time to that FA Cup semi-final, Chelsea, although we have spoken about Real Madrid's decline, Chelsea, I thought, looked really good across them two legs. Um, especially in the second leg, where it just they looked pretty comfortable to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did look comfortable. I don't think, don't think Real Madrid offered a lot. Um, personally, I don't. I think they've got the same issue as Barcelona. And as you said, they just got aging squad with a few bright spots and a few players that are older, but they they're world class. Um, so I don't think. I think just Real Madrid came out up against a Chelsea team that will run for days. They weren't not like off the ball, but like if you you got Mason Mount sitting in the hole and just took sort of getting in between spaces and I think Tony Crows and Modric got found out by that sort of energy that day but so I think that's why Chelsea got through but um, yeah who knows but I think yeah I think City are too much for Yeah we've had so much dates recently because I'd actually say after the FA Cup semi-final and Chelsea's result against Real Madrid I'd almost say like Chelsea were going into the Champions League final not necessarily favourites but yeah I wasn't looking at City thinking they were landslide favourites but now I think that sort of changed in the last couple of weeks because Chelsea sort of had that shock defeat to Arsenal um, which I think was off a Jorginho back pass so a mistake but so that's twice they've lost to Arsenal this season. So there you go. Um, but then after that, they lost to Leicester in the FA Cup final, which, yeah, is a separate competition. But it does sort of reveal again in the big in the big moments in the finals when it matters, can they sort of deal with that pressure? Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't. I think we just don't know this Tuchel team yet, do we? Um, I mean, the FA Cup final was just—you can't really take many conclusions off it. I mean, it was a pretty, I'd say, even game. 
um, up until the absolute screamer from Tiedemann. But in that second half, I would have put if that, that half if after ten minutes of the second half, I would have put me, my money on um, Leicester the way they're playing. The more Angie looked more up for it. So um, I don't think you can take much on that game in general. But I think I think it'll be interesting to see if it, Tuchel plays any differently or he just tries to go out and play the way he did against them last time. Yeah, because I think in in that game they really missed a player of like Pulisic's quality, who's just going to run and, and get in behind. Because they obviously have Timo Werner, who was very effective against uh, Real Madrid mm-hmm. and Man City in the FA Cup in the semi final. Because he he them sort of players can just run, although Werner's not the best in front of goal. They can just run in behind and sort of stretch that defence. Yeah. So. But I think Man City are just going to be well aware of that fact, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think the thing with Man City is you can't the, the Chelsea's strength plays right into Man City's strength as such because Chelsea's strength is sort of holding the ball until there's a time where one of the wingers can get behind a fullback or one of the the striker can get in between centre backs, and that's not going to happen with City. Um, you've seen the strength of Diaz and Stones, you've seen the strength of Cancelo defensively, Zinchenko's played really well, Benjamin Mendy if he starts maybe it's a little bit of more of a space to get through because he can't he's definitely more of an attacker than an offender in terms of a wing back sense um, but I think yeah I think Chelsea's Chelsea will have to have a lapse of concentration for someone like Diaz and Stones to get in behind to, for them to be sort of beaten in behind I think so that Unless Chelsea sort of get, see Mason Mount being a big player because he can just sort of sit in between sort of Rodri and a back line and sort of try and make something happen. But I think if they just try to play long ball football and try and get him behind, I don't think it will happen for them. Yeah, I mean, you've also got um, Kyle Walker as well, who's going to be, you know, you're not going to be targeting to get him behind him, are you? No. Unless he's caught up high up the pitch but then you still with his pace pace have faith in him that he's going to be able to get back so unless they can catch Man City out if they're playing a high line we know like we see Man City they do like to keep the ball and they do like especially their centre-backs really like to push into into the opposition's half but I'm sure in a Champions League final I can't see them slipping up to be honest I really can't no. and the form going into it I mean last day of the season I know Man City is celebrating but usually they've won the league they could easily have lost the game beat Everton about 5-0 yep. Chelsea who actually had something to play for ended up losing to Aston Villa 2-1 and if Leicester had got their result obviously Chelsea would have missed out on top four altogether yeah, exactly. I think they were very lucky to get top four. Um, I think the way I think the way Tuchel plays is people say it's genius, and yeah, one nil wins and turning loss into nil nil draws here and there is fantastic when you get the points. But it doesn't always go like that. And um, so I think Chelsea, although they've got the points, I think they were lucky that Leicester dropped off because I think Liverpool still would have well, Liverpool finished third, so they did overtake them. But um, I think they. I think there's so the way that if sort of City play the way they usually play, sort of get Foden on the ball, 
get people running at those three because apart from Kanze, you look at Jorginho, he's not an out and out CDM. Um, so if you can probably catch Chelsea on a break with Foden, De Bruyne, Jesus, whoever starts up front, Ferran Torres, who's been in decent form recently, I think they'll, I think we could see not one-sided Chelsea final, and I don't want to see that because I'd love to see a great game of football. But I think, I think we'll see City sort of play into the sort of final weaknesses of Chelsea, really. Yeah, and of course, Chelsea do have a couple of injury concerns. You did mention Kante there. Yeah. Kante and Mendy. We've seen Mendy injure himself at the weekend and had to go off. But them two players, especially Kante, as an injury doubt. Kepa might have to play in goal, which I'm sure won't fill the back four with too much confidence. So at the moment... The last couple of weeks going into this final, it's really not looking good for Chelsea. No, I think that is, you never know we're going to final because it's obviously one-off game. You don't want to, shouldn't really say like, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen because you never know because it's 90 minutes football, maybe 120 minutes football and it can happen. But I think City have got everything right going into this final and Chelsea are on the decline going into this final. Um, So whether... Whether it's another tactical masterclass from Tuchel again, like the FA Cup semi-final, and they pull something out of bag, or it just plays like it seems like it will play. Um, I don't know, but I think I think everything's going for C, and not not a lot is going for Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, I think it'll be a very tight game, very compact. Um, Chelsea, I think, will try and sit back for a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just defend and then look to get Timo Werner in behind when they can and stretch the defence. But I think, see, Man City will start with a... Aguero will be on the bench, I think. Man City will start with their favourite false nine with Kevin De Bruyne. And I think at any opportunity, he'll be looking to drop deep. Yeah. Back into the pocket, um, away from Thiago Silva and Rudiger. And then just look to get Foden and Riyad Mahrez in whenever possible. So I think a lot of it just will be spent in Chelsea's half. Man City will just be camped out. Yeah, and the problem with the way Chelsea play is obviously they've got to have those three centre-backs and the wing-backs. But the wing-backs, if you've got Marcus Alonso in there, it doesn't defend a lot. Um, so if you have, yes, if you've got if Chelsea, uh, City do play that false nine, they usually do De Bruyne drops in. You're looking at you're looking at five players dropping in between the centre backs and the, the two centre mids cover. So you've got like, if you're trying to, as, as two man midfielders, Chelsea play sort of Jorginho and Kante, ideally you're looking at Foden, Mares, De Bruyne, um, who else plays centre mid for City? Gundogan. Um, Gundogan. Um, and then whoever plays on the left, whoever they decide to start with, maybe Raheem Sterling, although his form was not great. You've got potentially five or six, five players maybe another centre mid he might move up. They could sit in between that sort of gap. Um, I just think if they start with those four sort of players behind a false nine like Jesus or De Bruyne, they'll struggle to pick them up because the movement's fantastic. And you can't... You could see a could see a formation change from Tuchel, although he's played the same formation every game of the season so far that he's managed. So, I don't know. I'd like to, I think the game will play out like you said, sort of camped in their half and City sort of getting the ball in between it and sort of running at the centre backs with Foden and De Bruyne and Mares. But I think Chelsea have been very good defensively as well. So we'll see what happens when those centre backs have someone running at them, really. 
We do have to look at the narrative that Man City have never won the competition before. So that obviously does play in play a part. Of course, it might not, but obviously, yeah. Man City have never won the competition. You always feel like this is Pep Guardiola's job, sole sort of thing he hasn't done at City is to win the Champions League. Yeah, true. Um, so it is sort of like a legacy, legacy defining moment. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I don't think it would define his city career at all because of what he's done is fantastic, but it definitely cap it off. Yeah, so, yeah, once you've got your Champions League, you have completed it, haven't you, really? But yeah. then I'm almost thinking, like, they shouldn't worry too much because, say, if they don't get it this year and they do lose, say, I, the way I could see Chelsea winning is if it's very, very tight and compact and Chelsea could win on penalties or nick a goal. That's how I'd see Chelsea winning it. But yeah. from Man City's perspective, don't put too much pressure on yourself because they can come back next year and probably get to the final again. Like, I just think they're that dominant and they're going to be that dominant for about the next two or three years. So I honestly don't think they need to worry too much. No, I think... Um... I don't think if you think about this game too much in terms of who's been here before, who's won it. I mean, you've got to see people saying that, obviously, you just said the City haven't won it, but you look at Chelsea's last two Champions League finals, and correct, I'm not a Chelsea fan, so memory might not be as good. That Champions League final, which they won against Bayern Munich, decided by a header from a corner by Drogba. Champions League final before that, lost on penalties to Chelsea, uh, to Man United, sorry. So I wouldn't say that the Chelsea legacy is there in terms of winning Champions Leagues. Um, I don't think it's as, as big a... I think if they'd won it a couple of times in a row, I think, and more convincingly than they did, um, I think we could be sit, sat here saying that Man City could go into it nervous that we've never been here before, we've never won as they have, but I don't think that should play much of an aspect in this case. So you think not just winning the tournament is necessarily enough, but being dominant in the way you do it, or at least getting to a stretch of finals, maybe like Liverpool did, getting to the yeah. final, then doing it again. That probably, to be fair, yeah, does hold a bit more. Because if you look at um, the Liverpool Spurs uh, final a few years ago, I think I said it on the podcast we did about Spurs and Champions League, that if you look at our run going into that, like the quarterfinal, semi-final, the, the two legs for each one, we didn't look convincing at all. Um and we got found out against a team who had been in that final before and won the league, uh, worked towards winning the league, won the league and played really, really well. Um, I think that plays in your mind, especially for, from Spurs' perspective, because obviously you've never been in that position before, players haven't been in that position before, nowhere near the class of the team wasn't, in general, wasn't near the class of Wijnaldum, uh, Fabinho, Van Dijk, Salah, people like that. So I think that plays on your mind. But I shouldn't think the difference between Chelsea and Man City's Champions League records will play on their mind. Yeah, and they haven't really got too much to worry about because that obviously that Chelsea team was back in 2012. Um, Manchester City beat, who was it, Bruce Dortmund and PSG. So you could yeah. argue that they're a lot more, or they're, they're high, they have a heightened level of experience in the Champions League as well in terms of experience. So, yeah, it's a fascinating point of view, isn't it? It's a very interesting uh, sort of theory. But I think, as you said, on the day, 
I don't think just simplify the process of what you need to do. And yeah, exactly. I don't think that's it. It will have too much of a problem. Do you have any score predictions? Um, I I can't see. I know it's Chelsea final, but and Chelsea look good, but I can't see Chelsea scoring. They might do. I think I think if Tuchel's look like he's a tactical genius sometimes, and I think if he gets it right. And as I said earlier, Mason get Mason Mount into the game behind Rodri. I don't know if they'll play Rodri and Fernandinho. So if you can get Mount in behind Rodri, running at sort of a two centre-back partnership and on the edge of the box, I think that's where the goal might come from. But I think City will have too much, as we said, with the sort of cams and the sort of way they play to outrun that midfield of Chelsea's. Um, so I'm, my prediction would be maybe a 2-1 or a 3-1, probably 2-1 to Man City. Fair enough. I'd probably go... I think it'd be one or two now, to be honest. Yeah. I think it de- I think it depends on when the goal comes. So if they get an early goal, I think they'll relax and they'll probably get another one. But it could could be one of those ones where they don't score until very late on and then they might yeah. even make it one nil. But that's true. Yeah, that's mine. I say it's a great it's gonna be a great game of football ever, I think. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, we'll see.